Hello, how are you brainwashed listeners? This is your girl, Jenny Donheiser, and I am just letting you know, in case you haven't heard, that Nicole Spezio and I, my glorious co-host, are hosting our first live show on Saturday, July 29th at the Green Room 42 in the Yotel. I know you walk by that Yotel and you've been dying to see what's inside there. We have a special guest, Joe Firestone. You know her from so many things. An incredible comedian. She's on Joe Para Talks with You. She has an incredible Peacock special called Good Timing with Joe Firestone, which if you haven't watched, you absolutely must. The Chris Gethard Show, Z-Way, Shrill. She's an icon. She's legend. We're so excited to have her. There's going to be games. There's going to be live brainwash solving. So come prepared with some brainwashes. There's going to be a lightning round of casting and some special appearances so make sure to grab your ticks on the greenroom42.venutix.com and we'll see you there okay love you bye hi everyone i'm nicole spezio and i am jenny donheiser and, and this, this is how, how are you brainwashed, brainwashed? A podcast hosted by Jenny and Nicole. About deprogramming, unpacking, and Dorinda sometimes. No, let it die. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. Hi, How honey. are you? It's so good to see you. Yeah. As I always do. You just really are my work wife, which is not a role that I ever thought we would fill for each other, but we are essentially business partners at this point. Yeah. We should we need to file a CP3O. <laughs> to make it official. <laughs> I mean, like an LLC? Or like I'm, a- yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been an amazing episode. <laughs> Gotta um, go. Do I dare even ask? Like, babe, what's going on? Or can, can we not get there? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? I'm watching something called Swiping America, and I'm having a fun time. And I okay, what's that? like it. It's a show on max on the max the artist formerly known as hbo max (laughs) yeah it's about four new yorkers and they are having a hard time dating in new york okay they've been through it and now sorry hold please is this real or fake it's real okay great it's called a rom doc and they (laughs) they are now traveling the country they're going to eight different cities across these united states and the producers of the show are swiping for them in these cities and setting them up with matches to go on dates with to see if getting out of their comfort zone, getting into a new environment will help them find love. And I'm having a great time, Nicole. I think you'd like it. It's charming. It's nice. And they're my friends now. Okay, I don't need yeah. them just like that anymore. Okay, there it is. <laughs> I have Swiping America. And they're my new friends and they're real and nice and authentic. They're not Carrie Bradshaw. Hey, you don't have to turn pigeon bag. Did you see the episode where she was holding a pigeon as a bag? Are we going to do this every week? I'm not watching. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Harry Bradshaw pigeon bag. Okay. Is it like right. a Judith Lieber bag? Is it like a bejeweled encrusted pigeon no okay no it's a pigeon um what about you well i will say that that show i just watched a show on bravo that sounds like the show you just mentioned which is love without borders did you watch that no yeah it seems similar except basically there was like matchmaking and they sent one person one american to a different country with Mm. a match that they had made for them oh and it was bad show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you won't recommend. You're not. I don't. I don't show. recommend Love Without Borders. I do recommend Real Girlfriends in Paris. <laughs> I liked that show. Also on Bravo. Okay, Real Girlfriends in Paris. Yeah, it's like Housewives Junior, but in Paris. I'm interested. I finished Mike White's season of Survivor. Great and, season. Okay. I can't say anything. It's season 37. Check it out. And I'm now catching up on couples therapy on Showtime. Oh my God, the ultimate show. I love it. Should we go to couples therapy? 
as a, as a couple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't hurt, just, right? We never have sex anymore. What's the right. deal? <laughs> we actually never did. Jenny and I are both in Aquarius Cancer relationships. Is that interesting to the listener? Yes, my husband's an Aquarius. Nicole's an Aquarius. Nicole's husband's a Cancer. I'm a Cancer, so we are reverse. Maybe that's why our work relationship works because we're already wow used we are, to the we're dynamic used to that dynamic. Okay, wow, genius. Yes. How would you describe a Cancer and an Aquarius? Cancer crybaby. Little sensitive Sally. <laughs> Aquarius, sort of cold and withholding, cold visionary. Cold visionary. Yeah. You and Graham do love to say cold visionary to each other. We are cold visionaries. That's not wrong. Well, elaborate on what that means. I mean, I think it's like Aquarius is like see the big picture life. They're sort of contrarians, change makers but also sort of cold people. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't describe you as cold. But when you think about Graham and I, you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess when I didn't know Graham, I couldn't fully read him. There's something like you and Mike are just sort of tender wombs, sort of bleeding hearts. Graham and I are not that. Yeah, I mean, you are secretly. Right. Secretly. But not uh, at not, not upon presentation. Exactly. And do I know what I'm talking about? Not totally. I would love to get an astrologer <laughs> on the pod. We should do that. Oh, to, yeah. To like, read our chart and tell us if we'll have a huge falling out. I would love that. No, Nicole goes to a... I go to everybody at this point. I go to a tarot card reader. I go to a shaman. I got, I got a whole team on the roster. Shaman. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. And your shaman came recommended by your psychiatrist. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that that is, do you think, like, what? My psychiatrist (laughs) was like, I feel like you'd like the shaman. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I love her. (laughs) It's kind of like how Connie's acting teacher recommended her therapist. And it was her her acting teacher's boyfriend. I wonder if your shaman and your psychiatrist are related in any way. Okay, what I will say is I'm pretty sure that my shaman is my psychiatrist shaman also. I think we're both seeking care. (laughs) 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 Okay, what's the difference between a therapist and a shaman? Go. Oh, I mean, a shaman is not a therapist. A shaman is connected to, (laughs) again, am I a stupid 35-year-old white woman? Yes, and so we need to get that out of the way first. I only know my experience, which is that she sort of uh, connect spirit in the universe. <laughs> Check in my inner child and do chakra work and energy healing. And yes, is she located in Florida? And do I call her on the phone? And that's how we have appointments. Yeah. You're not even doing Zoom? No. So she nev- you've never seen her? I, I have now seen her. But no, usually I do not see her. Usually I lie in my bed. I and I talked to her on the phone. And you're just talking about your energy. You're not like, my mom did this when well, I was Yeah, seven. I mean, it's sometimes we sort of feel that too. Okay. But it's not therapy, it's shaman. Shaman. It's not therapy, it's shaman. That should be her, <laughs> her tagline. Well, my work has me working with my work therapist again. I was right. off from her for a while and now I'm back on. Sort her. of explain to the people what that means. I don't really know how to explain. We don't know anything that we do. We're idiots. My job at one point, the CEO of my company was like, hey, I want you to start working with this woman. She's worked with a lot of huge companies. She essentially just helps inner relationships with departments and so on and so forth and just like can be personal support to you in the work environment as someone who isn't in the weeds, in the throes of it. And yeah, she's an interesting person. She used to be like an investment banker and then she had like a crazy car accident and now she does this instead. (laughs) She sort of like changed her whole life and like lived in the Bahamas with an ashram and now she helps me and Elon Musk or something. I don't know. Other (laughs) powerful people like Jenny and Elon Musk. Fortune 500 company. What does Fortune 500 mean? Sorry, I have no idea. I don't know either. Like rich companies or something? Who Who is Fortune and why do they know who the top companies are? They must be rich. They must be the most profitable. 
when people say Fortune 500 companies, I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> no idea what I mean. <laughs> Fortune is a magazine? Mm, no, that's variety. Forbes. Oh, Forbes. Yeah, that's For- a magazine too. <laughs> Forbes is a business magazine? Kylie Jenner, youngest billionaire. Yeah, I was like 30 under 30, most successful advertiser. Do you think we'll ever be on an under blank list? I think the ship has sailed. Maybe we could be on an over blank list. (laughs) Wasn't Casey Wilson not like one of people's most beautiful people over like 40 or something? They had them a most beautiful people. Most beautiful person for every age, and she was the forty-year-old's most beautiful person. She was the most beautiful forty-year-old. Maybe that that could happen for us. us. Okay, maybe we'll be the most beautiful thirty-six-year-old podcasters in a year who are best friends and once blonde and once brunette. Yeah, you know who? You know who else are blonde and brunette best friend podcasters? Incredible (laughs) transition. Incredible. Our guests. We are really excited to have fellow podcasters, fellow female best friend podcasters as our guests today. They collectively are the host of Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with pop culture, historic scientific facts, honest reacts, and made-up games in between. Please welcome to the pod, Maggie Reith Austin and Sarah Adams. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for yes. having us, y'all. Oh, my God. Thank you guys for coming on our pod. It our- sounds almost like our pod, except we we don't have any historical facts. <laughs> you have like personal historical facts. Like mm-hmm. to my history, this is this is factual, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, That's true. Say. A lot of friendship history, not a lot of civil war stuff yeah and honestly yeah. we every time we do a historical fact we're like is that right i don't know right it's a lot of googling a lot mm-hmm. of googling yeah but you guys are learning and that's nice and, and teaching okay. yeah you're we learning and teaching and we are be, just sort of hanging out just to be clear though the fact that we recorded today i let maggie in uh, to know there is a thing called a rat king and it, it's when a group of rats their tails tangled together and essentially form one entity, one being, and which is known as the Rat King. And Maggie, I can just see in her face, she hates that I said this fact because she was yes. disgusted. I'm just like, Sarah, we're trying to make new friends. Why are you sharing? <laughs> That's the a rat king interesting fact. Now, Jenny, I see a shake in your head as though you know about this. Oh, already. I know about the Rat King. Yeah, I do know about the Rat King. For some reason, that circulated in college pictures of the Rat King for oh, a while. God. Nicole and I famously live in Rat Kingdom of New York City. NYC, baby. (laughs) Our mayor just hired a rat czar is the name of the position. And that person's sole job is to try to get rid of the rats. And I got to tell you, the rat czar is failing. They need to be fired. You can't put a czar up against a king, you know, like (laughs) the rat king is going to win every time. Hands down. Yeah. Have you guys seen the picture of the Rat King that's on Wikipedia? No. See, no, I did not. No. I did not. And I don't think I'm going to share Matt, that with Maggie. Maybe when <laughs> you promote it, we'll no. put up a Rat King picture. I no. know Jenny's going to put it on our socials, but she's disgusting <laughs> like that. I know exactly why she, she said that. Oh, my God. No, I can't even. Sarah started describing it to me. And even now, I can't i just don't it just the idea of tails being entangled I, we cannot talk about the tails <laughs> I, if you don't talk about tails you can't talk about the king no, yeah, no, I, think we, I think we don't talk about the king i think we don't talk about the rat king i think we don't talk about this era i think we stopped talking about rat kings <laughs> no i love it i was just listening to the episode where you were oh my god it was some sort of sea creature that releases its in full digestive system the sea slug yeah. threat the sea slug that mm-hmm. kind of stuff i yeah that's really fun I kind of I'm say. glad you enjoy it. I'm <laughs> glad you enjoy it. That's what I'm doing this for. Yeah, the deep ocean, all mm. sorts of stuff not happening too deep. in there. That's you know. <laughs> oh, keep I it. guess it's right. Well, we now know not to go down there. It's it's not going to benefit. Not just explore anybody. what is okay to explore, and then everything else, just sort of let it be. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Stay surface level. Yeah. Sarah oh, loves we... to pull out gross facts. So 
Oh, and I, you know, now I'm learning that I'm the Sarah. Yeah, and... I think it's very clear that I'm the Maggie. <laughs> Maggie. You're the Sarah. <laughs> the casting has already revealed we already itself. Did it. <laughs> it's done. Well, I love that y'all are from Texas too and live in my hometown of Dallas. How's she doing? Is she 103 degrees today? Oh, today and all week next week, I think. She I think is hot. hot. She's hot. She's hot. She was oh. she's gonna be 107, man. She's here. She's our friend. She's our enemy. She's our frenemy. You know, yeah. we gotta gotta respect Dallas though. Mm-hmm. I would love to know if either of you have ever been to the restaurant, the Magic Time Machine. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Jenny, Jenny used to work there. No, <gasps> do you know Heather McKinney used to work there? Did you know Heather McKinney? Why? Well, I know that's like a far fetch, and people are like, but Heather McKinney's a very she's a podcaster for Sinisterhood, and she talks about her working at the Magic Time Machine. I can't remember who she was, though. Yeah, who was she? (laughs) I don't know. Who were you? Yeah, explain what Magic Time Machine is for, (laughs) unfortunately, the the uninitiated who don't understand. Magic Time Machine is a windowless restaurant in Dallas next to a Hooters that is essentially a theme restaurant. But the theme is sort of that your waiter can be a character from any franchise. Your waiter could be Snow White. Your waiter could be Joe Dirt. Your waiter could be... Captain Jack Sparrow, your waiter could be G.I. Joe. There's no rhyme or reason to who is your waiter. And you also sort of get to sit in fun booths that also have no rhyme or reason. When I worked there, there was a dunce hat booth. I don't know why. There was a school bus you could sit in. And the clientele is really like from bachelorette to children's parties. So it's really a hodgepodge of stuff going on in there. And I was Little Red Riding Hood. (laughs) I there. Oh. classic it's a good one i haven't been since i went i was a junior in college i think because i I had never been before and i feel like there's carpet on the floor What's oh there? yeah there's yeah. carpet and it's a restaurant um, a lot of it is carpeted never yeah, getting cleaned that's a choice <laughs> that someone made like thinking about their surroundings when i worked there there was still a smoking section so like wow. it was rank that carpet i'm sure still smells like smoke. wasn't there a salad bar there's a salad car a salad car <laughs> excuse me what now you gotta get the radishes out of the <laughs> trunk or what's going on it's, yeah. it's like an old-timey car that they put the croutons and the dressings and all that jazz and you <laughs> As a waiter, that's part of your job is like walking people over to the salad car and giving a whole spiel about the salad car and showing them because I guess salad comes with everybody's entree. Uh, yeah, it you is also had pure to, like, chaos. You had to announce when people asked you where the bathroom was, you had to do this whole rigmarole where you take them like through the whole restaurant and announce that they are going to the bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> it was in the height of those thematic restaurants. Like the 90s did a number on us all. And this one just still hasn't gone away. You know, it's just. Surprisingly through COVID, it is still there. A lot of restaurants did not make it, but Magic Time Machine with its smoking section rug and (laughs) salad car is still, people are like, I'll go there. I'll go there. I don't even know if they've ever sanitized that place. And people are like, please let me eat this salad. Let me get, I got a drink once that had smoke in it, right? Like a very fancy, that kind kind of dried ice drink. That's the vibe of Magic Time Machine. Oh boy. You're not, you're not going for the cuisine. And it's bad. And you really shouldn't be going for the atmosphere either. Like, <laughs> what is it that's, I don't know. I do not understand that restaurant. I do love, though, that the waiters get to pick who they're going to be. And it is just so chaotic. There's no target demo. It's really like anyone can go and be themselves. And by be themselves, I mean be someone else. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Joe Dirt was indeed. Joe when Dirt I was. is the one that always <laughs> sticks out in my memory. That's not a character. It's like, who, who, that's such a wild choice. Who would you guys be? I mean, Little Red Riding Hood. But now if you could go back and you know that there's no rules. You could literally be anyone. Oh, Who wow. Who would you be? Immediately, Jafar came to mind. <laughs> That's it. I think I'd like to be Jafar. 
I don't think there was a Jafar. <laughs> there was an Aladdin. There was an Aladdin. Was sure. Like, Everybody um... wants to be Aladdin, but only some of us can be Jafar. I know. I'm like, who's badass? There were also SNL characters there. There were the Spartan cheerleaders. Mm. I feel like I'd like to be that Kristen Wiig character with little hands. Oh, <laughs> look, could you bring your Epic. drinks to the customers? Yes. <laughs> I don't know, but it'd make it real fun. That <laughs> would be so great. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? I initially immediately thought of Sheena. I'll go as Sheena Shay. Oh, good as it's gold. All happening on the gold. Gold. <laughs> Yes. And then I'm like, why isn't there a Bravo theme restaurant? Because that would be fantastic that would oh okay we own that the four of us own that if anyone listening i mean both eyes shoot off to the side she's like okay the the disclaimer i mean think about think about how many people would constantly come and the food would be great and also thematic and on brand i mean you there's so many things you can do yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, what? I got to do a bar crawl at Sir Tom Tom and Schwartz and Sandy's. No, let's get that all in one location. Chris oh Bassett in the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Candy. Oh what is Candy's restaurant? What is it called? Oh, Lady Gang. Oh, Lady also Gang. Blaze. Also. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> the whole empire. The whole empire. Candy's wow, so Corner. Funny. Maggie, what would you be? Oh, I was trying to think of something like like an object that's famous, <laughs> like the Pixar lamp or something, mm-hmm. you know, and Inspired. it's like, oh, it's iconic. But then mm-hmm. maybe I don't talk like maybe some nights my bit is I don't talk, but I'm still your waiter. So, you oh know, God. just really mess things up. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could all go back in time and work at the magic time machine. We could take a magic time machine to the magic time machine and work there oh together. Oh, a dream. dream everyone was on drugs there everyone was having sex with each other it was basically sir it was, it was sir but we were all get a in camera costume. in magic time machine <laughs> that's a missed opportunity is what that is. Oh, i had a sure. a fling with harry potter <laughs> he had just been having a fling with pocahontas we were all swapping it was oh wild <laughs> was there Amazing. drama if like you wanted to be someone and someone already was that character was there ever drama mm-hmm. like no mm-hmm. i'm the little red riding hood in this restaurant mm-hmm. wow i don't know if i encountered character fights but i do know that people really didn't get along and the princesses the snow white this the princesses took it very seriously because some of the princesses that worked there also like were cinderella and snow white outside a magic time machine like they did little kids birthday parties so like mm-hmm. they were like mm-hmm. they were like actors it was a difference <laughs> between like the people taking it like an acting job and the people that were just like smoking weed and having a summer job and that was really where where did joe saw. dirt fall on the spectrum <laughs> <laughs> yeah great question joe dirt was with cinderella oh, who broke up with upgrade with, who broke up with G.I. Joe to be with Joe Dirt. Wow. wow. <laughs> it was crazy. I can't get into it. Um, but it was a wild summer. <laughs> I think that we I already have. I think it's too late. <laughs> well, I feel like coming from the DFW, the Metroplex, y'all are going to have some fun answers to our ultimate question of this podcast. <laughs> this first time having two guests, Nicole. I know. This is your first one. two guest experience. Oh, I feel so really- honored. Nicole, do you want to explain what our question is of this podcast? Sure. So our podcast famously is called How Are You Brainwashed? And so we ask our guests that. How were you brainwashed? What did you think, you know, maybe growing up, maybe when you were a little younger was true? This is how the world works. This is gospel. And now maybe on the other side, you say, actually, that was just brainwashing. That's not true at all. So many ways. Let me figure what's the best one to talk about. I think one that Sarah and I have in common, and she might not agree with this being brainwashed, but I think I do. So I'm going to say it. I know what you mean. In like, say. do you? I think so. Say it well, you go. No, you, you go. go. You go. No, you say. You now say I'm it. worried. What if I say the no. wrong thing? No, say it. Were you thinking like P90X? No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. P90X. I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> right, though? I yes, feel like 100%, that was 100%. That was such a huge part. Like I was getting married around then too. So like, you know, you're mm-hmm. looking for ways to sculpt your body. But then right. it came with the whole regimen of this like eating regimen, right? 
Sarah, am mm-hmm. I right yes. with this? Yes, no, 100%. And Beach you body. Like it was like an, it's something you can accomplish easily. Like in 90 days, right. you're going to go from this to this. Right. But that they didn't, what's below is like you have to work out for like an hour and a half every day. And then you have to reduce your calorie intake by like a thousand calories every day. And I'm like, oh. on the surface, like it's only 90 days. Imagine, and like, no, it's, it's awful. Yeah. And I remember getting like a little kit with like tiny little color coded boxes. So it was Mm -hmm. like you had to fill them for the day with what you were going to eat. And so it was like you can eat three based on your plan. You can eat three pink squares and the pink squares are like protein or something. Each of the colors represented. I remember this. I know exactly. We did this kind of together in the same sink like because you get these boxes like oh I can fill this red box with all of these things I can fill it to the top and eat it all day long and I get five of those red boxes a day and it It was so complicated it was so complicated I think the thing that made me start to wake up to this is not real is that they didn't classify peas as vegetables and peas are my peas peas were in like beans legumes yeah but peas were in the tiniest box and peas are my favorite mm-hmm. food. Like I love peas. I could eat a bag of frozen peas. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like this is not so weird, but it is a quirk of mine. Like I, I never heard them. someone say my favorite food is peas. <laughs> okay. I've never heard it, but I, I respect it, but I never Thank heard you. it. Thank you. And so I was like, this will be easy because I'll just eat 10 bags of peas every day. And then I was like, I can't eat 10 bags of peas a day. I have to eat one time like just it was literally the size of a quarter this container for peas and i was like this is not real peas are great food i shouldn't have to limit my pea intake to this like tiny pea-sized container oh nice (laughs) thank you but yeah caloric density or something is that what they were trying to like prove that if it doesn't fit in this box or so i think it was trying not to be like you have to only eat a thousand calories or something ridiculous but i think instead they were like oh you can eat five of these red containers five mm-hmm. whole containers and in that container you can put iceberg lettuce or celery right and you can eat five of them whoa yeah i never did p90x but i did a weight watchers in my time and that is the same sort of thing of like if you are hungry babe guess what carrots are zero points just eat and eat and eat it costs you nothing and like it's such a weird way to think about things of of like budgeting it's like budgeting but right. food it's food. not really supposed to be how you think about it I know. I know. And thinking through all of this, all the brainwashing of the diet apps and trends, like, okay, so Weight Watchers, especially when they came out with the new point system, right? When they had like zero points or whatever. And then- Which was right after you and I had babies. Sarah. Yes. And so then, these are pivotal mm-hmm. moments of our yeah. existence. So I got existence. onto that. And then I also did Noom because it's like the new way to do it. And can right. do psychology. I'm like, this is the same thing. It's the exact same thing, except it's just packaged differently. And yeah. now I'm like, I'm not doing it in any of it. I was doing Noom before my wedding. I was like, I'll do Noom. Cause they really get you. They're they like, do. Hmm. if you're not paying attention and I don't say, I mean, with all due, I do, you, know, you might be able to see through that. I, it, it lasted not long. I said, oh, okay. I'm just counting calories. We're just mm-hmm. doing that. We're just doing right. that. And also taking quizzes about yes. how we feel. And I don't need that. <laughs> I I got sucked into the whole 30 cult. I did that two Januaries in a row. And I suckered my husband into doing it with me. He's like, oh, I, this is just food. You can eat. This is just food. You can eat whatever this food you want. You don't have to count anything. You don't have to do anything. But by the end... You're like, I just want sushi because sushi had rice and you couldn't have rice. And you're just like, I just want this thing. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're limiting yourself to anything, there's always going to be a bounce back, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to lose weight Atkins diet. <laughs> Remember when everyone was just eating meat? I guess was that the Atkins diet? Was yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just like, like the cheese and bacon and being like, I lost 40 pounds. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> awesome. And, and then the second you start adding bread back into your diet, because obviously you're a human being, at some point you're going to be like, okay, I can't just eat steak 
all day every day you're gonna gain weight back it's just like uh, and it's just it's it's also like it's the same with any brainwashing i think goes to such an extreme where you think like i can't do anything within Mm -hmm. this realm so whether it's like did you guys watch happy shiny people yes okay the dugger it's the Duggar family yes, documentary. Yes. And it's about like how it's so controlled and then everything just boils over. And so I feel like that's the same thing. And but it was it's such an industry, especially growing up, like being a kid in the nineties and then these early two thousands, all these different programs that are like this is health whatever healthy is in the United States, I feel like, just gets so narrow and then you get mm-hmm. you get mm-hmm. stuck and so like of course you're gonna boil over. So I no longer subscribe to it, but I definitely feel like it was a big brainwash part of my. It's a hard life. to unbrainwash yourself from the snack wells and slim fast era, Ooh. you know, because you, I remember specifically the snack wells, like how much is that touted? Because it substituted fat with sugar. And so it's fat free. And then the whole slim fast, all that stuff, like it, it's just one iteration after the next. And you think the next thing is going to be different. And it's not. So now we're like in this body positivity era. But at the same time, those early 2000 things are creeping back in the low ride jeans and all the super, super skinny people. I'm like, Ozempic. Yep. Right. Ozempic. It's coming back. And I'm like, no, we've learned our lesson, right? I know. The fact that in 2023, there's still an ice cream brand called Skinny Cow, it's like, there's a problem. <laughs> that's yes. not what we're doing. I mean, I wonder cows be cows. I don't want a skinny the- cow. That sounds emaciated and awful. I want <laughs> I want my ice cream from a cow. Yeah, that- and it's okay. It's okay, it's okay to have ice cream. It's okay. Do you think Skinny Girl, if Bethany were to have released it now? Yeah. Never. Would it have- she could never have uh, dealt no, it no. that now. No. Yeah. What was that, 13 years ago, 14 years ago? I mean, yeah, I guess it wasn't really that long ago 15? that everyone was like, yes, I could have my margarita and still be skinny and it has carcinogens in it. It was like, got all, remember when it all got recalled because there are carcinogens in the skinny girl? I think it was the wine. Wait, <laughs> really? No, I, I don't remember that. that. And, you know, it's sort of like sweet and low and all that. I know. It's so funny when they're too. like, no, don't have the real thing that grows from the earth. We actually need this chemical instead that you're going to die for. It's like, wait, I feel like we lost the plot. Everything I read about Ozempic really does stress me out. And they're just obviously the, you know, big pharma, the manufacturers of this are like, oh, amazing. People are abusing it. Let's get it out. Charge them a million dollars. I feel like that happened with opioids. Like, oh, people are abusing it. Let's just let this ride. It's Mm -hmm. fine. Same yeah. thing. Same, Same thing. thing. We'll have another Michael Keaton series, but this time, yeah, with a different drug. Jenny Jimmy. loves Dope Six so much. I love Dope Six. <laughs> it was <laughs> good. That's so fun. I liked it too, but to say I loved Dope I mean, Six feels. We've been at many meals where Jenny's like, "You gotta watch Dope Six," and I'm like, "I don't <laughs> think it's." For me, I don't want to. <laughs> Have you heard of Rat Kings? <laughs> I like I think- to dive into the darkness, the true and crime. And you don't like to be I alone. You want someone to be there with you. And I'm not always willing to go in there. Jenny, <laughs> yeah. you and I are very similar in that. I will tell Maggie many a time. Have you watched this, though? It will change your world. You need to watch it right now. But a lot of times it's like not about, you know, important subject matter. <laughs> It's yeah. like the after party on on Peacock. If you watched it, it's fantastic. <laughs> Which is fun. Yeah. I wish that was where my brain went. I'm like, what's the darkest show on television? There's a Can rule I? now I've made for myself. Whenever Maggie and I record, I'm not allowed to listen to NPR before we record because there's been plenty of episodes where like, well, we can't use that. That's too dark. It's it's like, yeah. One time I talked about, I feel like we can talk about it on this podcast because Polar you guys bears? probably talk about dark things yeah i had a cute fact for sarah about how <laughs> in canada some license plates are shaped like polar bears and i was like this is adorable this fact could not be taken in any way any direction other than adorable and sarah goes wow i just heard a story about a polar bear that mauled a mother and a child in alaska outside like, of elementary school i was like sarah please <laughs> this is the comedy podcast and then she just like 
would and not I stop up, talking about it. No, it was like I, a five-minute monologue yes. about the horrors of what happened. And she read the article. She's like, I article. have to look up the article. And I was just like, Sarah, please, please stop. Please. please. You can't edit around that. No. You know? No. no every best friend do. There has to be one of each. There has mm-hmm. to be a Sarah. And there has to be a Maggie. And there has there to be a Jenny. A- there has to be a Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to fail. You're going to yeah. fail. It's exactly. done. Sarah, did you have a separate brainwash or did well, you want to expand? Well, no, yeah. No, I what really did like... you say? What were you going to say, though? What were you going to say? Because you it's said, something... yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. And then it's something, we've talked about. It's something we've talked about before. I was going to say improv. Oh. We <laughs> came to the right place for this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> Maggie and I met at our favorite Dallas Comedy House over a decade ago doing improv. We've done improv for over a decade. And there's a lot of things I think that can get distorted in the improv culture. That Very isn't healthy. Well said. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's not healthy. And there are a lot of things in the improv world that are fantastic. I mean, I met my best friend Maggie. Met her husband, and we have a support group of former improvisers that are now moms that you know are willing to say yes and support one another through motherhood. So there's a lot of great things that have come from our time doing improv and there are things that are just not healthy yeah let's talk about those <laughs> let's talk about the bad stuff <laughs> i will yeah, say i only had like a positive time doing improv like i truly like it was such a wonderful magical time and then during covid i stopped and then i was looking back and i was like oh my gosh we were up performing i was up there like five nights a week and multiple times and like getting babysitters and my husband and i would be like ships passing in the night and it's such a drug of like this yes and performance and it's a quick performance high right mm-hmm. you yes. don't have to memorize a script you don't have to write anything you just get to go and play and that is so so fun and i think at the same time it's like kind of addicting to it's 100 addicting and then there's obviously deeper issues at some theaters that are super super problematic with improv as well which i did not experience at my no. home theater Okay, Maggie still wants to get hired in improv. We get it. <laughs> no, I, I don't. We've had this conversation before. Like if we, so when hired in improv, for, yeah, yeah, I still yeah. want to. And that's an oxymoron right there. Hired in improv. show for free. Yeah. When we do it. Yeah. Uh, we met, so I was 28 when we started and I was also married. So I, I went into improv. I was an actor. So it was never going to be like my thing. And it became my thing because like Maggie said, this this high, this rush you get. From not having to memorize lines and making bold choices and leaving it. You you do it and eventually you get to a point where you don't have to think about it anymore. At least I wasn't the improviser to overanalyze a show. It was fun. We move on. That was always my type of thing. And because I had like a home base outside the theater, I didn't get sucked into the undercurrent as much. Mm. Mm-hmm. I did realize though, before COVID, before I got pregnant, like there was a time where I was traveling back and forth to Dallas almost every day. And that's an hour drive both ways to teach or to coach or to perform. And there was a breaking point for myself. Like they got to the point like, oh, until you break, do you realize all that you're giving to this thing? And when you really think about it, the shows that you performed, the Maggie and I had some successful shows where people from outside the community came, but really it's just you're feeding yourself, right? You go to shows, you buy classes, you go to shows, you buy classes, you do more classes. It's all like the same circle of people. And sometimes you broaden that circle, your audience. But improvisers are like feeding and fueling themselves. So when COVID happened, like Maggie said, before then I had a child. So again, I was married, had a kid, I was grounded and I was able to have perspective like what my priorities were and they weren't going to Dallas every night to perform for free. I was performing once a month at that point with my best friend. I mean, that was my priority because it was fun and it was joyful and it was something for myself. I wasn't doing it for anybody else. And then COVID happened and you saw the community kind of just collapse in on itself because you didn't have that drug anymore. And Maggie, I think we're the, the lucky ones because we were able to find like a footing before the collapse happened. But it is, it was like, how are you brainwashed? And you, you get in it, man. I remember like those early years and the, the festivals and, all that stuff and a lot yeah, of fun. The, the improv culture in New York was wild. <laughs> it was a wild. Yeah. UCB. Which imploded. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. imploded. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that there were various reasons that it imploded. But I think a huge part of it was people just constantly giving away their time and energy for free. or little And money. Pay. 
and getting frustrated with that and not getting anywhere after putting in all this time. Like there was just a, such a toxicity of people being like, oh, I've been in, I've done all the levels. I've been in all the advanced classes. I teach, I coach, but I'm not on a house team. I'm not on a house team. This is really just me voicing my ex-boyfriend. And but his whole like group of friends was like that too. They were just like, oh, yeah. so frustrated and angry all the time that they weren't getting at this place. And they would look at other people and be like, why is so-and-so getting there and not me? Is it because of X, Y, Z or blah, blah, blah. Or like, because they spend more time hanging out at the bar after the show or they're more in the community or they're connected. It's just like anything else. Yeah. It's um, one of those things, too, where like anytime you're in any community, when you start, everything is so rosy. And I think mm-hmm. what happened is that improv grew all of a sudden. I feel like in the late, like the 2010s, improv was just getting so big. And then it did have this collapse around like, was it 2017, 2018? where it was like too big. It was not like your independent theater where people are just like hanging out, having fun, putting on shows, and it's a manageable piece. It was all of a sudden like, no, this is an industry and you're charging $800 for a class or, you know, or you're promising people that they're going to be Amy Poehler. Right. And right. that's not realistic. And that's the same with like act in acting too. So much yes. is put on actors now where it's like, oh, you oh. have to self-tape. Oh, but if you do this audition, then you're going to make it big and you have to really be doing it because you love the art form and you don't really care about you know what I mean you kind of have to be creating for creating or else you're it's easy to get sucked into wanting to do or doing things you don't even want to do because you feel like you have to that was my second that was I was pivoting between improv and I'm a former well I guess I'm an actor still whatever but the industry in itself is something at the very beginning I remember when I was retaking classes in my early 20s. And those classics are just brainwash you into thinking if you're not always in class, if you're not always doing this, you're not going to book and you're not going to book the big stuff. And you're going to take this hard feedback because I'm the one that's going to get this to you. And I'm the one that knows better. And this is how you are terrible. And this is how you're good. And you're going to give me all this money. And the acting industry, and Maggie and I have had this conversation too. I'm a quote unquote retired actress. My agent and I parted ways in March, not anything. They're fantastic, but my trajectory is just different now. But if you're not brainwashed, you're going to get out because you feel like you have to constantly be giving out your money constantly, whether it's classes or if it's equipment or whatever. Headshots. Headshots constantly and the whole Mm -hmm. casting director classes bed. But now that we have AI, you don't have to worry about any of it anymore, you know? Yeah. We're all replaceable. We're, all replaceable. We're actually it's AI right now. Jenny and I are both AI. I you know, Hosting. I couldn't tell. It was, I, was right? like, they, I was like, they seem better than most people. They're <laughs> so much together. Above. We so love cool. to podcast with you. <laughs> oh my god, horrifying. Well, should we jump into our last game here? Our last game is called. But first, beautiful casting. answers. We have to say beautiful answers. Oh, oh. improv and, and weight loss marketing products. That's P90X, a, a phrase I have answer. not heard in <laughs> many years. In 90 years. P90 years. <laughs> in P90 years. P90 years. Okay, I'm sorry, Jenny, I cut you off. I just, I just needed to say that. I, I'm glad you did because I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, now explain um, what casting is after we've talked about our trauma of casting. I know. It's it's actually an amazing transition to now make us all relive our trauma by casting each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just sort of pick a category and then cast each other and ourselves within that category. So if we're doing deli meats, I would be clearly ham. Nicole would be salami. You know, that's sort of how it works. So. Obviously. <laughs> We can either come up with one as a community, or if you guys have one that comes to mind that you want to do, we can do that. I could round this out and say, like, pests, fewer pests, pests. like not a rat king. No one can be rat king because that would have to be all of us tied together. Okay. So if we want to just end this on an equally horrifying note, we (laughs) could just go that route. Or is that? I love it. I love it. 100%. I love it. I think pests, you know, I kind of have an idea and we'll sort of see what happens. (laughs) Creepy crawlies, sort of scary little 
like uh, things. you see it and you scream that's yeah, the yeah, best okay yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do this. okay so everyone go with your minds i didn't know it. how to describe that is the word right i was like how do you describe yeah, it we're yeah. doing best that's 100 <laughs> okay, percent. it's hard to say pests okay pests yes best. we can all take a moment of silence where we think about which pests we are just us or you want me to cast for all of us do you know we have to all, all do all we have to all okay, do all of us Good. And we know that you barely know us, but that sort of is part <laughs> of the game. That's great. So you got to take a four pests right now. Got it. <laughs> okay. I got it. You got it? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think too. Jenny, why don't you start us off? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. You always make me start and sort of you have to start now. Okay. Maggie. <laughs> Maggie, I gave you a mouse. I gave you a little mouse. You're smart. You're, you know, quick. I feel like you guys are coming in with facts. You know what I mean? That's your, that's your podcast. I feel like mice, as far as pests go, I think they're smart. You know, I see them on TikTok solving mazes. You know what I mean? I feel like you're food motivated. (laughs) You're going to get through the maze to find that cheese. And that's what I see for you, Maggie, is mouse. And for you, Nicole, I see you as cockroach. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. That's bold. (laughs) And I do think that the cockroaches are going to survive the apocalypse. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what they always say. They are going to be here long after we are. And I just feel like you got staying power, honey. You're a cucaracha. And Sarah, I gave you a Texas specific, (laughs) to me at least, bug, which is the June bug. (laughs) Uh, I just feel like you've got a beautiful head on your shoulders, a strong casing like the June bug. (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> a June bugs sort of right. shed their little homes and they regrow and they're they're strong in the community. You know, you're an improviser, you've got a family. June bugs are always hanging out with their own. What are they called? They're called June bugs in the South, but they're called something else. They're June bugs. They're just June bugs. Nicole, do yeah. you know about June bugs? Never heard of it. No. Sorry. <laughs> and for myself, I gave myself a horse fly. <laughs> I'm just sort of always in your house and you don't know why or how I got there. I just sort of am omnipresent and I don't serve a purpose, (laughs) but I am hanging out. I am in your house. I like to, you know, disrupt. I'm a disruptor and I feel like the horsefly is a disruptor for sure. Wow. That was really hard, but I did it. You did it, baby. (laughs) Okay, Nicole, do you want to go now? I'd love to go. Jenny, I gave you mosquito. For sure, you are a mosquito to me. Anytime I, Jenny wants to be attached to the bodies of the people that she loves. Anytime I sit on a couch next to Jenny, we have the whole couch. She sits right next to me. Like, I just feel that she wants to be on me <laughs> all the time. So Jenny's giving mosquito. I felt that Sarah was giving cockroach because uh, a lot of the things you said to me, I felt were true about Sarah, about sort of staying power, sort of long lasting lived a life and will persevere and come out the other side. That felt very Sarah to me. Myself, I identify as rat. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure if I have said this on the pod, but Templeton and Charlotte's Web, I really feel (laughs) I connect to that. Seeing that rat go through that carnival and eat all those fried foods at the end of the day was the, the first time I saw myself on screen. So Templeton is me. And um, Maggie, I don't know if this is a pest, but go with me, raccoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just oh, my gosh. She you sort of walking around, stealing little stuff, sort of yes. that sneaky, fun, kind of playful energy. Yes. That's oh, my time. gosh. Well, that's where I landed. I want to let Maggie go last because I know it's hers. It's going to be great. Oh. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go next. Serve it up, Sarah. All right. Here's what I'm working with. All right, Jenny. I see you, and I went with all bugs because bugs are my ultimate nightmare, but not for you guys. I went with a bee for you because bees are pollinators, you know, Mm. and they bring people together. Like they bring the pollen from flower to flower and they bring in the goodness, helping things grow. You know, you could be a little feisty, but only if you're (laughs) provoked. You're never going to be feisty just because. You're like, I have a singer and I will use it, but only when I need to. Otherwise, I'm going to make sure these flowers grow. This is what I'm doing here. All right, Nicole, I have for you a cicada. 
We are in cicada seasons right now. And the reason why I picked it is one, they make this beautiful noise where you know it's summertime. You're outside, like this is this is summer. And I feel like when you're in a room, you're like, this is gonna be, this is what I'm expecting. This is what I want and this is what I love. And they leave their skins everywhere, which I'm like, you knew they were there. You knew they were there and you're like, yes. They made a mark. They made a mark and you you have them all over your house. And like I could only imagine having a Nicole everywhere and like this would be great. Mm-hmm. Maggie, for you, I picked a roly-poly because they are the friendliest of bugs, in my opinion, adored by children um, and humans alike when you realize you touch their back and they curl up into a little ball. I feel like that is also indicative sometimes. You're yeah, like, just curl up in a little ball. Just curl up in a little ball when I don't want to deal with anything. So I'm just going to shut my door. Boundaries. Boundaries. <laughs> And then I put a daddy long legs for myself. Ooh. Wow. And I did that because in theory, like, oh, daddy long legs are so cool. Look at a daddy long. But really, they're just a spider that you want to just mash, (laughs) you know? And I feel like they're delicate and they can like hide and kind of creep along and be a little creepy and cool. Mm -hmm. But really, they're just a spider. I love it. I'll go. I don't think that mine is any better than yours, Sarah, but I will go. I agree that Sarah is a cockroach. I'll start there. A thousand percent. I'm glad you could see that, Nicole. Thank (laughs) you. She is, in fact, a cockroach. Longstanding power. She'll be here no matter what. She has the survival skills. Mm. She will navigate whatever life throws her way. Personal. Nicole, I put you as a yellow jacket, which is a little spicier than a bee, I would say, in that it has a stinger. And do you know yellow jackets can sting you multiple times? They're not like about losing their stinger. They're like, I got this and I got this and I got this. I'm going to sting you a hundred times on your face and you'll love it because you think I'm, you know, like it's just fantastic. Yellow jacket. Love. (laughs) Jenny, I put you as a mole because I think you really dig into things. You know, you dig into things. You can really get under the seedy underground of what's going on and you're wearing glasses and so i think that's important moles would wear a mole glass and then i didn't really know what to put for me but honestly nicole when you said raccoon i was like that is me that is me so i had written spider for no reason i was going to figure something out but when you said raccoon (laughs) i was like i love trash I had a raccoon family in my chimney once. Like, I'm like, raccoons are me. I am adorable. I do have bags under my eyes. I do love rummaging. So that is a thousand percent me. Great casting, guys. Gorgeous work. Really good work. Wow, Nicole, I can't believe I didn't know about you in Templeton until now. And it really... Literally, I was like, that is my dream, to be alone at a fairground and eat all of the leftover Zeppelis. Like, I... Couldn't imagine a better night for myself. And that's very dark. But um, thank you both for being on our pod. Please tell the people where to find you, how to keep up with you. You can find us all over. Our podcast is Unstable Topics, and it's on Instagram, Threads, Twitter, uh, by the same name. And then our production company, The Monthly Junk. You can find us on social there, too. Love it. it. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you for doing our pod, you guys. So lovely to meet you. Thank you. Thank you guys for letting us talk about things that are crazy. We really covered <laughs> the gamut today. <laughs> <laughs>